Operator, a new transmission from Mr. Luna has been received. Thanks, Karen. He is located in a garden. Did you say a garden? A garden. You mean like a, a garden you play? A garden. Oh, okay, fine. Just play transmission, please. <laughs> A little old lady in her yard, gardening, is not an uncommon sight in Sacramento, or anywhere for that matter, but especially here, as the sun shines hot enough in California year-round for there always to be something on the go. That is why the ever-morphing landscape leading in and around the structure at 1426 F Street does not raise an alarm through the heart of the 1980s, even though many who have entered this boarding house have gone missing or died soon after checking in. It's a home for the destitute, the afflicted, a last stop before the streets or hospitals. And the little old lady in charge is just as puzzled by the disappearances and sudden passings as anyone else. But life and death must go on. Dorothea Puente rises from the roses, adjusts her grandmotherly glasses, then orders at a shovel-looking man to take a break from digging an awkwardly placed hole in the ground. This is her dominion. Not actually owned by her, fine. But Dorothea is the undisputed queen of F Street regardless. Her mind is a razor. Everything is under her control. From the shuffling drunks to the mentally ill or even the senior citizens simply in need of a room and a little care. They all seem to treat Dorothea as matriarch. A mother, even though she in fact is a terrible mother, and much younger, much less qualified than any in her charge would care to believe if you told them. The woman in the roses is a con artist, one so steeped in the ways of the trade that she likely has even herself fooled by now. It's clear how deep in the con she is at times, like when purchasing clothes or selecting eyewear. Dorothy has been dressing as if she were 80 years old since her late 40s as a way to appear harmless. Her contrived, cautious gait has become her true way of getting around. Even her body has been duped at this stage of the game. A game that is fraught with risks, though not for Dottie. She is a true con, a confidence woman. And that confidence has evolved the con to a level where she barely considers the risks she takes as risks anymore. The lie she tells is lies. It is her life now, and she's comfortable with it. Never mind that it's all a fabrication, a design to position herself as guardian of the social security checks that arrive for the dead, or missing, well, dead. They're all dead, aren't they? Dorothea, she'll never tell, never. Even when they begin digging up the bodies, even when it's entirely clear that a monster has been overlooking F Street, trimming the roses she hates so dearly, shallow tokens of love, smiling at the children until they make one step too close, then screaming them away like a mad chihuahua. It's all just a game, a game of appearances, a game of subtle positioning. And most times the winners go uncelebrated, as the crowds know not that a game is even being played. Dorothea Puente swats a fly, then another, then gives up on the pests and mildly surveys her territory. F Street is empty save a couple of men from a local halfway house, sharing a bottle. 
One of them her helper from this morning. The other she'll likely borrow this afternoon. Derelicts are interchangeable, which is nice. Everything is to her satisfaction out here for now. So she heads to the house, across the concrete that has been planted in the gardens these last few bountiful years. Concrete that, unbeknownst to the many who have helped lay it, serves as the roof of the tomb. End of transmission. Welcome to Crime Machine, episode zero zero four. Let's climb aboard, shall we? Inside the boarding house, it's kind of nice, really. Everyone has their little chores, their little room. Dorothea cooks, she cleans, but more than anything else, she advises. Advises her boarders as to how they should go about getting their fairest of share from the government. And as a result, how Dorothea can gain most by skimming a little off the top. A practice that has around five grand slipping into Miss Puente's cardigan pockets each and every month. Social workers love doing business here. Can count on Dorothea to open a room for some of the more difficult clients to place. And once said client is secured behind a hot cup of tea and placed into a cozy little confine, they almost never become an issue again. Of course, that's not always Dorothea's doing directly. Many have died or disappeared, but still. She has been like a laundry service for the system's undesirables. Unmentionables. It's dirty laundry, let's say. And there are no complaints from the system when a rumpled old rag gets lost in the wash. But if anyone cared to look closer, they'd have discovered old Dottie has a spotty past full of forgeries, rubber checks, stolen checks, drug partners with empty pockets, and broken hearts. Stints in prison as a result of these conniving crimes. They'd see past the costume of a harmless old biddy and take in a shifty-eyed grifter. Her last name, Puente. A giveaway to who we're dealing with here in itself. Of all the ex-husbands that litter her past, some suspiciously dead or simply missing, she has chosen this name to move forward with because it endears her to a wider base of potential victims, ingratiates her further into the fabric of her community's considerable Hispanic demographic. Besides this, Puente translates to bridge, something Dorothea models herself as, a bridge between races, a bridge between classes, an aging philanthropist with nothing but the best intentions, and a heart so large it need to spend each day sharing of itself, or it will simply burst, much like the hearts of the many men whom have accepted a drink from the matron of F Street. Dorothea doesn't discriminate, however. She drugs women, too namely some of the more elderly residents of her little manor, increasing doses of sleeping pills until they pass under seemingly natural circumstances. Some, she reported, likely at a necessity as a family member became aware of the death. Others, she buried in the yard with help from unsuspecting tenants. Body removal and disposal is physical work, 
And though I've made an effort to unmask this seemingly harmless old widow, she was, in fact, a tiny creature. But what she lacked in physicality, she more than made up in wit. The work to rid the home of a body would be split between tenants and, as we already know, by drunks from the neighborhood. Men whose questions could be easily quelled by an amber-tinted bottle. Dorothea would prepare a corpse the same way as a spider. Her web plastic sheeting. Her venom crushed sedatives. In the beginning, she removed the head, hands, and feet to make identification much more difficult. But as time wore on, and her first victims lay undisturbed, barely even searched for, in fact, Dorothea gave up on this messy practice. The room where the bodies would be prepared for the yard became known as the death room. Some tenants had died there, sure, but mainly the moniker came from the smell. A smell born from the fluids of the many deceased, whom would lay on the room's carpet until a hole was dug, and the right moment could be seized for transport by some helpful fellow blinded to the act by booze. Sometimes, well on at least one occasion that we know of for certain, a body would go into the yard a little prematurely. A woman spent her final moments out there, in a shallow grave, wrapped in plastic. We only know of this horror because of the dirt that had been pushed up by the victim's legs, creating a compact ceiling above her knees. An effort that would be discovered far, far too late. The yard is full of plastic cocoons containing former tenants. And Dorothea isn't the only one aware of this. There are others, certainly, trusted assistants. But they will never be brought to justice because it's not clear they entirely understood what Miss Puente was up to. They knew she needed a hole dug or a heavy rug moved. On occasion to rent a shampooer for that carpet in that room that nobody but Dorothea went into. And the ones who did understand are of the group under the lawn. A lawn that's converting to concrete bit by bit, year by year. No big changes. Slow and steady is the name of the game. Many would wonder, but near none dared ask, why the gardens at 1426 were slowly being paved over. Why there seemed to be so many more flies once one strolled down F Street and passed the house with the terrible smell. The secrets couldn't possibly be kept forever. The strange thumping heard on the stairs in the night, exactly like a body being dragged. The disappearance of a tenant soon after, then fresh dirt in the yard. The efforts of Dorothea to keep everyone's story straight as to what had occurred in the home prior to a tenant going AWOL. It all eventually culminated in one of the many visits by police, ending with a resident handing an officer a note requesting to be heard at a Miss Puente's earshot, and soon sharing their strong suspicion that 1426 F Street was moonlighting as a graveyard. Out come the shovels, then eventually the heavy machinery, all the while Dorothea staying in character, being her helpful, courteous self, not giving up even a whiff of resistance to the breach of her notoriously private affairs at the house. 
But as the ground begins to yield a strange leathery material, and the crew tasked to dig up the yard continues to swell, showing no intention of deserting the task, Dorothea asks the lead detective if she may excuse herself to have tea with a local friend. And seeing as how nothing has yet been uncovered, and Miss Puente has been so, so understanding and gracious and accommodating to this point, the detective sees her off, thinking that even if she does flee, she couldn't get far. She is an old woman, after all. An old woman with a history of drugging people in order to steal their cash, with an ex-husband who suspiciously went missing before turning up dead on a river bank in a makeshift coffin. An old woman who, if he remembered correctly, was born in 1929, making her only around 65 or so. Really, not that old. A woman, then, who had spent her youthful days jumping from marriage to marriage, cashing in all the while, barely blinking an eye when it came to putting most, if not all, of her children up for adoption. These unsettling thoughts run through the detective's mind as he heads back to the excavation site and immerses himself in the strenuous task of freeing a tree root from the ground. He yanks away at it, expecting a mighty struggle, and is surprised by how easily it comes free. This tree root, a root that on closer inspection, like Dorothea, reveals itself to be something far more sinister. The desiccated leg of a truly old woman. Dorothea Puente is back in her element, on a stool in a seedy bar. She already has a man on the hook. He's her type, vulnerable, on social assistance. But she loses him. Even with the promise of a Thanksgiving dinner as bait, she can't pull off the old pitch. So she returns to her motel room, not seeing the image of her own face appear on the bar's lone TV there she is as she does so. Find his last thing wearing black pants and a gray jacket. Maybe she really is getting old. Too old for this game at the very least, that's for sure. Are the type of thoughts that might run through anyone's head in such a spot. Such a jam. But not Dorothea Puente. No. She didn't do anything wrong, after all. If anything, she's maybe guilty of giving some tenants an improper burial once they passed in their sleep. She has done her best done more for others than most, dedicated her life to people, in fact. And for what? To be used, to be stepped on. Ever since she was a little girl, when all she wanted was a family, she'd been let down, abused even. And still, she had dedicated her life to those she ironically thought of as the throwaway people. People like she had once been. An orphan at nine years old. But that was when it had stopped. She hadn't dragged it out, relied on the system, pouted of her plight to assistance workers. No, she had made her own way. Used the lessons learned as tools rather than sob stories. She toughed it out. She'd survived. A knock on her motel room door. She can barely remember how she got here why she isn't back at F Street, making sure nobody goes without tea before turning in. Once she is cuffed, she loses all track of what her life had been, of what plans she had on the go, of who had been helping her, of what she had done even. She simply doesn't know. 
the questions, the evidence, the the prison food, the... Oh, Lord, isn't this some shame what they feed us in here? I'll have to get something done about this. I'll need a job in the kitchen. I could be of assistance to improve matters there, I'm quite certain. And so off goes little old Lady Puente, into her prison clothes and straight to her cell. Soon enough, she is comfortable in her new life, one with no past, only future, one with no hard questions, only clean solutions. And the bones at F Street continue to make their way back out of the ground. And the people of the community stand vigil as the gruesome work finally comes to close here at 1146. And somewhere deep down under the layers of facade Dorothea has cloaked herself in over a lifetime comes a tittering laugh. More like a giggle. The kind only an old lady who's off her rocker can conjure. It's the sound of not joy, happiness, or even spiteful glee. It is the release of something. The release of all that pent-up intent come to collect what it came for. The undivided attention of the world. Crime Machine is a new breed of true crime podcast researched, written, and narrated by Jack Luna and produced by me, The Operator. Subscribe to Crime Machine wherever you consume your podcasts and remember to tell everyone what you heard here today. Do you love us or wanting to hear more Crime Machine than everyone else? You can support Crime Machine on Patreon. Become a member by searching for Crime Machine on Patreon or by going to patreon.com forward slash Crime Machine.